Hey, welcome to a very, very awesome episode. This is our first episode of Splash Pages, the comic book club. And uh, with us today, we have James. Excelsior. Yo, yo. See, I kept doing you cool voices. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Splash Pages, a uh, brand new show on the network. And uh, we have... Uh, we have some awesome ideas on what we want to do, and we're thinking, you know, th- there's very, very few comic book clubs nowadays, you know, and, uh, you know, I think we want to have, you know, have you as a watcher, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll all get together, read the same book. And say, or listener. We have listeners, too. Listener. Not everybody watches us. I know. <laughs> Uh, and we'll also make a special community so that we can all chat about the same comic and see what we get out of it. Because everybody gets something different out of it. Like, you know, Killing Joke, you know, some people think, uh, you know, spoiler, Batman killed Joker at the end. And some people think he didn't. Uh, you know, have those types of conversations on, you know, these awesome comics. And find some books that we haven't read, you know, like uh, Alex is uh, trying to push us into Invincible uh, so just find some good books that, you know, we can all enjoy and enjoy together. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps, too. Like, we, we want to definitely also bring to light some of the stories that you already know or you heard about. Like, you know, everybody talks about the death of Gwen Stacy and how that affects Spider-Man. Well, we're going to discuss that. That's one of our topics we definitely want to just have a conversation with. Is this the pinnacle Spider-Man story? You know, and it's only over a couple issues. And, you know, talk about the Silver Age and the Golden Age and the Bronze Age of, of, of comics, but also doing a little bit more modern comics as well. You know, there was a big thing called the Infinity Saga that just happened in, in the in the on the big screen. Well, what led to that? What is the origin of that? We'll discuss that. We'll discuss simple stuff like that. Of Also, you know, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your discussions and what do you think? you know, about those stories and get that feedback, like Leo said. So, you know, definitely, you know, it's very, very user, user and visitor and listener and watcher driven show. It's a comic book club. It's, we want to hear your input. We want you, like Leo said, read the stories with us. Totally have some thought provoking conversations about the text and things like that. Yeah. And uh, we may have uh, some interviews along the way. You know, we talk to a lot of indie artists and, uh, you know, indie comic producers. So I'm sure we'll invite them on and, uh, you know, also talk about maybe some of the new issues that are out as well. You know, basically, what are you reading this week? You know, there's so much awesome content out there. And I know a lot of people have fell out of comics. So this may be a good way for you to get back into comics uh, or just, you know, reread some of the stories that you love from growing up. I mean, you have 80 years, 80 plus years of comic book out there. And we're, I'm not saying we're going to touch all 80 years of it, but there are unbelievable stories out there you might have never heard of or you've heard in passing. And this is a great opportunity for you to jump in and read those stories and kind of be part of the conversation that occurred. Um, you know, it's been almost 30 years since the death of Superman. That was an awesome story arc. It's been really oh, that came out in the 90s, man. I just made us feel old. <laughs> but, you know, that's that that's a story they never thought they could kill Superman and DC would be bold enough to do that. Yeah. And a lot of these stories are getting very much attention now with the DC animated stories. Who knows? We might have episodes where we compare what we write on the comic pages and what we're seeing on these new shows. So definitely be part of that. Totally. Like, you know, uh, in Crisis on Infinite Earths is coming on CW this uh, this year. And, uh, you know, Brandon Routh is going to be playing the Superman from, uh, is it Red Sun? Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come. Uh, and that's a graphic novel I've never read. So You've never read? I've never that's read. That's an opportunity, too. I that's awesome story i got that as a birthday present when i started getting the comics and literally my uncle was like oh it had superman on and the art looked good that was the only reason he bought that graphic oh, novel okay but again like you said before i've never read the long halloween i've never read hush i've never read some of these awesome batman story arcs that i need to know but again i've read no man's land so everybody has their own flavors and put it in there and it's gonna be melted by and we want to hear from you as well as what we should talk about. Don't let us drive the conversation. We drive all the conversation. We drive the bus. We want to hear from you guys. We want to know what you guys want to talk about. We want to know what you kind of looks you're reading, like Leo said, because you could be like, hey, I just picked up Punisher 17 and he does this in it. 
well, let us know. We'll read the comic and we'll have a discussion on it. But we can't do it. We can't drive the content without you helping. If not, you're going to hear Leo gush and gush and gush about Superman all the time. Well, and Batman, too. Batman, too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, the whole thing is based around a community. You know, we have a lot of awesome viewers and listeners and, you know, just trying to get everybody all together. And, uh, you know, Yo-Yo is going to help with that. We're going to be managing a Discord server, so uh, maybe we'll set up a special spot for everybody to talk there. I'll, obviously, there's, you know, the, uh, Facebook pages as well. Uh, and uh, YouTube and just about everywhere on social media. So uh, we're going to kick things off right now with a episode we pre-recorded because, uh, you know, we didn't want to leave you with no con uh, content. So uh, uh, this year I hope it's going to be a issue that you read, and if not, I'll put a link in the show notes down below or above where you can pick it up. And uh, with that, anything else you gentlemen would like to say before we sign things off? I, th I think we said a lot here. We did. Just, I mean, join the conversation. Be a part of our awesome group. Cool. Yeah, yeah and, I, and, and I think I'll leave you with um, one of the best quotes, quotes that I ever know um, is um, from Stan Lee where he said, you have to treat every comic book, every comic book reader like this is the first comic book they picked up. Uh, and this is what the show wants to be. We don't know how far you are in comics. You don't know if you're a new listener to our, our our network. So you don't know the background we have. So this could be the first time you're like, oh, they've talked about comics a lot. Let me pick up what they're talking about. So we want to treat it like that as well. That this could be your first show. This could be your first comic book. This could be your first graphic novel. This could be the first time you've even interacted with these characters on the written, the written form you're welcome and we want to make sure that you understand that and i know i've been driving at home but we want to make sure you get that because we want to make sure that you we turn you on to awesome there's awesome artwork there's awesome storytelling out there that's not made by warner brothers and not made by disney and marvel because all they're doing all they're doing in that stuff is taking from the lore that's already been established so get in front of some of those stories and kind of tune in and join exactly. the conversation. And, you know, as you talk about those, the the movies that have really succeeded are the ones that stayed close to the source material. You know, Marvel's kicking ass because, you know, they stay close to the source material. They changed up a bit, but, you know, they're staying true to the characters, but uh, DC is just doing the opposite. And look what's happening. And here we go. Here's our first discussion. No, I am learning that every time I read Green Goblin's dialogue, I think of... Uh, William Defoe? Um, yep. That's all I hear. <laughs> She's but dead, Spider-Man! The one woman you love is dead! <laughs> but it's not Green Goblin who kills her. Yeah, I know. I uh, Yeah, and that's... But, no, but he's a dick. That's why I love it, is that he's just like, ah, ha, ha, ha. She's dead now! What, what are you gonna do about it, bro? You wanna throw down? Huh? Well, his actions really caused her death, though. But you know what? Today, we're talking about the death of Gwen Stacy. Amazing Spider-Man... Oh. <laughs> uh, Amazing Spider-Man 121 and 122. Uh, and uh, I, this is a pivotal moment in uh, Peter Parker's history. Um, kind of crazy that it was only two issues to, you know... Uh, totally change up the storyline. Um, but today we're talking about the death of Gwen Stacy. And before we get into all that, here's our intro. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Mr. McGee, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Welcome to Splash Pages, the comic book club, your weekly dive into your favorite graphic novels and comic books. Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. The Dorks oh. Podcast. Do, boo, do, boo, do, do, boo, do, boo, do. That's going to be the intro now. <laughs> 
Comic books. We like those comic books. We talk about ghosts. We got beat up in high school. Welcome to our session. All of us suffer from depression. Comic books. So, um, when did this air? This was uh, air. Air? Duh. Air, June 1973 and July 1973. Yep. So, uh, artist was Gil Kane. Um, and the inking was John Romita, uh, senior, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Tony Mortolero, uh, Roy Thomas was the editor in this. And, uh, we actually saw him at Terrificon last year and he actually talked about, uh, the death of Gwen Stacy and he mentioned some stuff that wasn't in the Wikipedia article. We'll get into that. Uh, and, uh, it's scripted by Jerry Conway. Um, so going back to this issue, um, I've never read it before, but, uh, I want to get your guys initial thoughts. Um, you want to kick it off James? So this episode, these two, these two issues, um, to this day are considered one of the more pivotal moments in Spider-Man's mythos. Um, and it kind of cements the tragic hero that Spider-Man will become through his entire run. Um, everybody thinks, and this is my opinion, you know, I believe, you know, Ben, Uncle Ben's death is what makes Spider-Man, Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I disagree. I think this moment when the death of Gwen Stacy happens is he is full on Spider-Man. He has established himself. And he still can't save save the people he loved before, you know, the story. But you know, he doesn't really know his powers yet. He's still getting there. Um, but this time, it's the villains that he's created and he's fought as the causes, and he couldn't save every, save the person he loved the most. And I think that weighs heavy on him through the entire run, even up to today, about Spider Man. Um, it shows he's a lot more of a grounded character, and he deals with issues um that everybody else deals with in that loss also too is this is one of the few characters it took them a very long time to bring back from the dead marvel's notorious dc too about bringing people back from the dead and they kind of let this death stick and it's something that he looks back onto a lot and you know i like how it's a two two issue arc i like how it was kind of this event that nobody saw coming i mean even if you look at the front page of it it shows seven eight people on the cover and you don't know who it's going to be and they don't give you a lot of hints until the very last couple pages um but even then you're like it's spider-man he's gonna win he always wins he's gonna save the people he loves and it doesn't happen that way so and it actually turns out he was the ultimate cause for her death um, so during the panel with, with Roy Thomas, I, I'm pretty sure he mentioned that I guess Stan Lee was away on vacation when they made this decision. Um, and they just wanted to, you know, sort of like um, mix things up. Uh, going by the Wikipedia article, they're talking about how uh, Gwen Stacy was, she was a nice girl. She wasn't, wasn't really a, um, a point for a story. She wasn't interesting. But she was just a nice girl. She was Peter Parker's girlfriend. Um, they also said that, you know, with this moment, it also allowed them to expand more on Mary Jane, make her more of an interesting character, and essentially change her character to more grown up. Um, and Mary Jane was, you know, ultimately, you know, uh, an awesome add on character for Peter Parker. You know, it, it's. Even like I remember in the McFarlane era, just, you know, their, you know, like love life, you know, go get him tiger, you know, it was just awesome. And, you know, dynamic duo, you know, um, what about you, Alex? What, what are your thoughts? I thought it was heavy in, uh, the, the subtlety in it, like, uh, that one panel where it just has the tiny little words snap yep. where it's like, it's not like the bait because if it was a modern comic, it would be a splash page. It would be something like, wow, this is, this is the moment, you know, it's like, you don't really know almost like in the moments where it's like oh no and the comic doesn't it's not apologetic either it's like something's gonna happen it's coming it's gonna change everything 
and you know with the kind of like yeah yeah type of person like you know reading through and i'm sure any comic was like uh she's probably gonna be fine the next issue yeah she'll probably be fine oh <laughs> yeah. and even for a while that's gwen's only character trait for a while is that everyone just knew her because she was destined to die well, it even starts off 121, you know, uh, Green Goblin saying, you know, you're not going to be able to revive her. She's gone, you know, just flat out telling the reader, you know, this is it. And uh, exactly. I'm looking at the panel now and you're right. I mean, it's just just a simple, you know, he tries to catch her and it's just a little swick. Because you kind of get relieved looking at that panel like, ah, he did it. Yep. It's yep, like but... the perfect, perfect bait and switch for a horrible revelation. Yeah. So uh, the uh, the initial thoughts were that um, you know Green Goblin said nobody could survive that fall. So it's you know you thought maybe she had a heart heart attack on the way down. Um, Wikipedia article talks about uh, it being due to the fact of a sudden stop at that speed, uh, or she snapped her neck. Uh, so there there's multiple theories from this you know single single pain, which is crazy. Um, but then, you know, Peter Parker goes, or Spider-Man goes on, uh, you know, just looking for revenge, you know, with the Green Goblin. He's still sick from his time up in Canada with fighting the Hulk. Um, and it, it's, you know, it, it's, you feel for him because he's like, you know, even though I'm feeling like shit, I'm going to give you everything Broken. I can. Yeah, everything I can in this one punch to try to take you out. I have to do it. I have to do it. But he doesn't do it. He almost looks like a completely as, when he's Peter Parker again. He doesn't even look like Peter. Yeah, he's like no, he, saucy, he's disheveled. Yeah, and it's and it's one of those things where you know even in the the episode you know one twenty two, where she is you know he comes down and because you know everybody sees the battle on the bridge, so the cops are there, the media is there, comes down and was like you know you don't need to get an ambulance because she's dead. I. I killed her. Spider-Man killed her. Like, it wasn't like it was a mistake. He comes out and flatly says, I killed her. Uh, it's my fault she's dead. That's tough. And I'm with Alex. That's a that's a tough line to put in a comic book to realize that this guy, this, this character, this hero, is literally sitting there being like, if it wasn't for me, she'd still be alive. Even though every ounce of me tried to save her, I still killed her. And it wasn't like I hurt her and it was a mistake and an accident happened. It was flat out, you know, I killed her to a point where the cop was like, you heard him. You heard what he said. Like, what are we going to do about it? Oh, yeah. And they they and, even shoot at him. They say, uh, shoot the wound, shoot the wound. You know? Yeah. And it's like, I think the sergeant's like, no, don't worry about it. Don't, you know, it's okay. You did, Calm you know, down, and, rookie. And, yeah. Like, no. And he goes, no, I did it. I did it. It's my fault. Like, you know, I, you know, I have to be accountable and to the point where the guy's like, okay, well you have to come. And he's like, no, I got to, I, like, he kind of has that realization. Like, no, I can't go into questioning. I have, I have to go off and find who, whatever's happening to go ahead and do that. Yep. I got a question so. for you guys. Would you think it would have been different if Spidey wasn't sick? Cause they kind of showed that he wasn't on his a game when he went into that battle is that he's trying his best to fight greenie, you know? Um, you mean hobgoblin? No, it was green goblin. What? Oh, Green Goblin? So yep. I'm sorry, my fault. No, it's Green Goblin. No. Um, well, I'll, I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I think... Because I'm I think, thinking, like, it's all all of these things factored into... Factor, like, just everything always goes in, in not into Peter's favor. Everything is always against him in some way, and I think this is all built up of, like, him getting sick while he's up in Canada trying to fight, and he's like, oh, you know, Green's trying to do this. I'm Spider-Man. I can try to do whatever, and now, you know, now that he's got my girl, I'm going to take him out. And it just makes you think, like, if he was on his A-game, he'd probably get up there quicker or something because even he's, like, betting himself about his super strength and everything trying to take him down. I can't hear you, James. Sorry. Yes and no. I mean, I feel like, you know, yeah, he's tired from this fight and he's tired of things. But the problem is, you know, he keeps telling him he has to be faster. He has to be quicker. So do do I think it had a lasting impact? Yes, I think you're right. I think it could, if he was healthier, he probably would have been able to think a little bit more clearer on what was going on. But at the same time, all around his head when he was running. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even even to a point where, you know, it says, um, where is it? I'm putting, I'm pulling it up. 
uh spider soup spider strength if i ever needed you i need you now don't bum out on me i haven't i don't have enough energy for another try so you know i don't know i just feel like he does get the he does get the punch in but at the same time it's one of those things that he's he is literally reaching for gwen when this happens when the green goblin comes out of nowhere you know throws her off or pushes her off or kicks her off the top of the bridge so even if i feel like he was at his his strong his strongest it wasn't him his fight with the green goblin that killed her he probably would have done what he did in the same Raimi movie where he jumps and grabs her and shoots up yeah not shoots shoots down at her because that's another thing i want to bring up is that reading this comic really made it apparent that sam Raimi was heavily inspired in his first spider-man movie with this book Oh, totally. Even the way uh, they killed off uh, Green Goblin. Yeah. Same exact way from the book, yeah. Um, I think it to was... To the bridge. Just, like, choose. Spider-Man, choose. Pull up. Um, and he wasn't sick. Well, okay, so Raimi, though, wasn't Gwen. It was... Uh, Mary Jane. Mary Jane. But in uh, the Andrew Garfield one, uh, I think it was... We don't, we don't talk about that movie. Yes, we do, because it was good. Not as good as Homecoming. Yes, Amazing Spider-Man. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I think it was the second one where they killed off Gwen Stacy. Well, they teased it up in the first one. Basically, you know, I remember in watching the first that. one, the second one, like, just, we're going to do it. You got no yeah. idea, but we're going to do it. I mean, I mean, the second day... The second and the first one, they said Gwen Stacy was the love interest, and it was straight on Gwen Stacy. I sat there and I was like, okay, this is going to be, they're going to kill Gwen Stacy off in the second one. Um, and then when they announced Green Goblin was going to be in it, I was like, all right, there it is. Like, right there. That answered, like, that answered my question. Like, you knew what was going to happen. Um, yeah. Um, and you're right. Like Sam Raimi did take a lot from the second issue of this two story, two, two book arc, um, for Spider-Man. I'm surprised that up until this point, this story has only been told one in one total time. I feel like between Sam Raimi's Spider-Man one and the amazing Spider-Man two that, you know, you saw the effects of this comic book. And no one's really tried to incorporate it. I, 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 I'm using this out of my own memory. So if this has been touched in other mediums, I do apologize. It doesn't feel like they even touched it in the Amazing Spider- the Spider-Man animated series or any of the new stuff since then. Like, everybody knew, knows who Gwen Stacy is, but no one's tried to recreate what these two issues showed. Um, I think they did one in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon where Mary Jane went missing and everyone thought she was dead and she came back as a clone. Well, that's actually in our story arc. That's actually in Spider-Man. That everybody who's dead comes back as clones. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, similar to that. I mean, other comics have clearly taken inspiration and do that kind of stuff all the time. But, but are you su- are you surprised that they haven't done this storyline I'm As glad good. that they haven't because I honestly think the storyline is a bit overdone by this point where it just seems like, oh, yeah, it, it, because like with Gwen, like what they do with the movie, it's just like that's what the character becomes. You're just making a red shirt character like we all know the character is doing. Like when you said Green Goblin, Gwen Stacy, what's your immediate thought that's going to happen? You know what's going to happen. And it's the same thing with like James Franco on a, on a snowboard. If I if I said I'm doing a Batman movie and I have I have Jason Todd and the Joker in this film, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, a crow, is a crowbar involved? Yes. Is a nine hundred a one in nine a nine hundred number involved? Yes. Oh my God, how funny would that be? Oh my God, that's an idea of movie. <laughs> Halfway during the movie, you put the number on the screen. It's a choose your own adventure. <laughs> Either that, or we'll give Jimmy Olsen AIDS. Oh yeah, that, that, that was movie. that was really the other alternative to killing off Robin. <laughs> but you know, I, I I'm with you too. Like I'm because Marvel is the Marvel movies are pulling so heavily from these iconic comics. Yeah. Are you concerned that possibly the third Spider-Man movie could touch this and maybe Not, introduce Gwen Stacy in a way? I think or if they're put going it on to its do head it. and it's gonna be MJ. That's what I think. What would happen because. They're already trying to do that because they know how to keep things fresh. 
and I think that's important, is that that's why I liked Homecoming, because it wasn't just another, here's Spider-Man, here's Harry, here's MJ, here's another story with them. Oh, here, here's here's Spider-Man, here's, you know, Harry, and here's Gwen. It's same shit, but, you know, they do different things in Homecoming, so if they did that, there would be a subversion in some way, I believe. Um, not sure if it would be MJ, but you have to have some sort of impact. Or if even if it isn't that hell, they could even do it to Aunt, they could even do it to Aunt May, you know, just something. Yeah, because um, I mean, like you, you got to sit there. It's like, what's the best? Because you bring in Green, Green Goblin, you got to bring in Harry Osborn, like because he is the, the baddie of this this arc. So yeah. you got to do it in a way that he's always been around. You mean Norman Osborn? Norman, sorry. Okay. Norman, you bring in Harry, you bring like it's one of those they're kind of always feel like they're linked regardless. Yeah, yeah. I, unless you're watching unless you play the, the Spider Man game where that's a whole different awesome storyline, which oh, I can't wait for the sequel. Well, here's the thing though. Um with Homecoming, uh there was no talk of uh any of the Osborns. So there's rumor that they're actually going to get Matthew McConaughey Matthew McConaughey yeah, what the fuck's wrong with me? Uh, Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. I'm gonna be yeah. the Green Goblin. To possibly be Norman Osborn. Oh. It's <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, see, William Defoe was so off the wall bonkers as Green Goblin. Oh, I yeah. want him to come back. Perfect I want him casting to be... along with J.K. Simmons as JJ. Yes. Yes. Which I'm still like, yeah, bring him back. No one literally cares. No one, no one cares. Like, he, it's not, no is... continuity issue. <sighs> we would just love that. Doesn't yep. matter. Yep. It'd be fine. Yep. Uh, he... Depends about his DC contract, though. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's going to be, ugh. <laughs> he can do it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the first time Warner Brothers tried to cast people from Marvel movies to be in their films. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, all right. And I, I'll pose another question to you guys. Other than the aftermath of this arc, what makes this comic book, these two comic books, so important and 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 beloved? And I use that word lightly just because the 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 care the matter that is at hand. Do you want to go first, Leo? Well, because when you think of Spider Man, you think there's certain stories arcs you talk about. This is one of them. Is this the first time Spider Man killed somebody? Is this the first death at his hands? I mean, two people die. Well, actually, at his technically, hands. you could say Ben is the first death at his hands, like yeah. indirectly. I also think this is the next one that actually was as impactful as Uncle Ben, because that was the whole point of Spider-Man. He doesn't want it to happen again. That's why he takes up and becomes Spider-Man, so this doesn't happen, and it happens yep. again. Yeah, twice because Green Goblin, as well. And but also, like I said, better. I think. And I, yeah, I think that's the thing too. Is like this is also the first villain he kills, yeah, or doesn't it doesn't save? Like, well, uh, I think the writing was pretty great. So I, oh, sorry, but I was just saying that I think the writing's great because it teaches a good lesson that he doesn't feel better. He thought he would after the goblin's dead, yeah, but he just feels hollow. Yeah, and it was you know he stopped himself from killing Green Goblin at his own hands. You know, he's he. I, I think he said, you know, I can't believe it. You know, he's he's you know one more punch and he would yeah. have been dead or something like that. And then uh, that's when the the rider comes on in and stabs him. This is yeah. This is this is his this curse. is the line. Yeah. yeah. This is the. Are you reading the line? I was only. Okay. I was. I was quoting the movie. Oh, go for oh, it, James. So 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 the lines that he's saying is he's dead. Somehow I thought it would mean more. When a man dies, even a man like this goblin, it's it should mean something. It should shouldn't just be an accident, a senseless act. It's got to have a point. So it doesn't. Just means we live in pain. Oh, we live in vain. Funny. I thought seeing the goblin die would make me feel better about Gwen. Instead, it makes me feel empty, washed out, and maybe just a little bit more alone. And we still can't even get like good enough writing with that in today's comics either. Where it's like, it's a little bit of salty. It's a pretty good lesson to learn, but also it's like, yeah. Because, like, I thought we were going to be pretty jokey about it. It's like, ah, oh, remember when she died and everyone was like, blah. But really, we're talking about it. It's like, it's kind of somber and sad because this is like a big turning point in the comic. Where yeah, it's like, I mean. Well, even the whole, the the run itself was, um, you know, Spider-Man's not being his normal 
you know, jovial Spider-Man, you know, even before the death. You know, he's not being, I mean, he's sick, uh, so that's probably why, but he's not joking as he's fighting or, you know, traveling around. Uh, even with the episode before that, with with Hulk, he's not really joking around much. You know, he it, was teasing Hulk a bit. Yeah, I mean, but not as much as you know we we would expect him to. You know. Yeah, I mean, even like the epilogue in the end of the Spider-Man one twenty twenty two was basically it states that like he goes to the apartment and Mary Jane's waiting for him, and she he she concernedly asks like, "Hey, I heard about Gwen, and I'm really torn up." And he literally snaps her and is like, "You're torn up." And it's like, he's like, don't make me laugh, Mary Jane. Like, you see the effects of this, like, right away. And I think what was great about these two old comics is you have this epic story, emotional story, and it's in two episodes. It's in two comics. Yep. You see it. You see the cause and the effect in two comics. It's not this. And I think that's what Marvel kind of got away from themselves is they had these epic intertwining story arcs that you had to follow. Oh, different. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. This one is 121. And 122, and you get the full punch. And I go with Alex. It's the writing that you feel the emotion that 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 Peter's feeling about this, and how all he wanted to do was get revenge for Gwen. He he's crushed that he has to do this right after this. He can't even mourn her. He has to go get this taken care of. And then the one person, his one of his best friends, is sitting there waiting for him to get home. And the first thing he says to is like, "You don't don't even make you wouldn't even." Be sorry if your mother died. Like right off the bat, this venom is coming out of him. Yep. No pun intended, but it's just one of those. You well, see how it's one of the better ways they show that anger in the in the frustration that he feels in the curse that he has with his powers. That even everything that he can do to try to say the ones he loves, he still can't. Like what Alex said is, he failed once. He didn't want to fail again, and somehow he did. Well, even in that moment, uh, there's one panel where, you know, he tells her, you know, MJ to get out of here. And you have that one panel at the end where she closes the door to stay with him, you know, yeah, and it's also hits home that that's going to be his wife. Yep, exactly. You know, she, she she's in it now. She's, you know, there for him. Do you think the reason why they don't touch this story is because you have Gwen Stacy in other universes? And they don't want to confuse continuity. I think it's because, in a way, that's the, because it's such a weird thing now. Because the way the continuity is now, Spider Gwen is younger than Peter Parker in the whole canonical thing because she's still a teenager in her universe and stuff. And Daredevil's the kingpin. You know, it's a crazy ass universe. And it's uh, she's even going out with Miles Morales in the comics, I think too. So I think yeah. they're going to keep her canon of being from another universe and her just being in it. Because I'm on... I didn't see I didn't see into the Spider Verse yet, but was there a reaction when Peter saw a Gwen Stacy? Oh yeah, there, there's. Well, I think it was more of the opposite in a way. I think well, the OG oh. Peter that we deal with kind of is already kind of over it and knows how everything goes, and he's more at the fault with Mary Jane in that time because the older rugged Spider Man that trains everybody is supposed to be the original Spider Man, mm -hmm. but. I the line where Gwen tells Peter that like don't talk to that Mary Jane you don't want to have that hurt again because in that movie if you look at the subtext of it Gwen's trying not to freak out that her best friend who died and result for her becoming Spider Gwen is right there in front of him right in front of her as Peter. Well, I, I thought he, yeah. I thought uh, I mean it comes out in a couple weeks on uh, Blu-ray so we'll, we'll definitely have to. Uh check it out again but the i could have sworn there there was a scene with him saying you know hey i i lost my gwen so i i'm no that was from the comic in the spider-verse comic it actually was an exchange they had yeah but i believe there's an exchange in the movie as well hmm no okay we'll find out when it comes out yeah but <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure it doesn't have because there's a moment like near the end where you know gwen like tells like because they're just sneaking it as spider people and say like don't do it you don't want to open that wound you know yeah and like she's clearly not acknowledging it i think that's what it is yeah um but but it's a uh, this story i wanted to also say is that i'm not sure if you guys are aware of this but people have people know this story it's very famous people know gwen gets killed and all that and all, all this stuff some people have tried to retcon this story. There are people that have tried to muddy this story. There was even a time that there was a writer who actually tried to retcon this situation saying that 
Gwen was having an affair with the Green Goblin before she was killed and potentially oh, yeah, gave birth. Baby or, yeah, that weird, yeah. And saying, like, it was like fighting experiment in the street saying, you killed my mother. And he was like, what? And, like, they were trying to imply that, like, I think Norman Osborn, like, molested her or something before killing her or something. Yeah, she, she took it. He took an egg of hers or something like that and was... Oh, it's nine. It was '90s Spider-Man. That's all you can say. '90s Spider-Man. Like, just Don't leave it at fuck that. Fuck yourself, really. It's two issues, <laughs> and how do you fuck that up? God. But like I said, it's the it's the heart. That's like I said at the end of the day, it's the heart is what that are in these issues. Like, yeah, this is one of the more well written comics that deal with loss in real life. Mm-hmm. Like you you see other things like that in comics, but. This was you know, this came on the sets nineteen seventy three like this was the bronze age of you know roughly bronze age of the comics, um, you know this like you said it is everybody knows the story everybody knows what happens, at the end of the day this is what makes Spider Man Spider Man and anybody who talks about him always pinpoints what's one of your favorite Spider Man arcs it's always the night Gwen Stacy died. It's right up there with whenever, like, people who don't even read comics are usually pretty aware of this story because it's the same thing with, like, Hallmarks with Batman or Spider-Man. Like, this is a defining moment in, like, its overall story of, like, oh, yeah, that's a story within the tales of Spider-Man. It's just the tragedy that he continuously goes through. So uh, let me quote something from uh, the Wikipedia article here. Uh, Many point to Gwen's death as the end of the Silver Age comics. Before her death, except possibly as part of the origin story, superheroes did not fail so catastrophically, nor did the heroes' loved ones die so suddenly and without warning. Didn't, uh, yeah, yeah sorry, go. No, I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense because you got to think about it is you normally have these long, drawn-out deaths, like someone is going to die, and they and they foreshadow the hell out of it. And they did a little bit of foreshadowing in these books, and I'm not going to take that away from Marvel. But it's a longer, prolonged thing. It's multiple issues. It's a longer arc. This is two panels. Two panels in the book. That's it. Because you literally sit there and be like, oh, he's going to save her. And then you're right, Alex. Snap. Like, you have to look small. Such a small little detail. You're like, and it it blends in with the background. It's not even like a thwip like type little thing. It's like, wait. That and uh, soon after that, a lot of comics started to adapting things that you started giving more failure to characters to make them a bit more dramatic, where you had Batman couldn't save a girl from jumping on a landmine or something like that, or to a point where we eventually get to the death of Superman, where that's, as you said, a very drawn-out book, where the panels keep getting knocked lower in each issue, where it goes from... They get from, bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger, yeah. Every every book gets, every every comic book, the panels go from five or six a page to four to three to two and then in the final episode every page is a splash page basically yep well uh speaking because... of, speaking of batman there was a uh another storyline in in uh legend of the dark knight uh early on um where batman couldn't save a girl from drowning and uh because he wasn't strong enough to move a boulder and it was just insane and people say aquaman sucks yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> and he became uh, depressed and ended up getting addicted to drugs. Uh, uh, the uh, the venom drug. He started taking. The- That's right. Yeah. Mm. I mean, like I said, I in in you know, I always give Marvel credit, especially in this age. They were trying new things. They were trying to push the envelope with these con- these characters to make them stand out. And I think if you tried to do this in today's world. I don't think this comic would be that big. Like if you, if say you, this story happened now in today's c- comic landscape, I don't think it would have the same punch. I think it's because we live in a time now where everyone's overly concerned about people trying to be progressive. And if you do that too much, people say that you're just whatever blank SJW, whatever else. And I think that's what would happen if we had something that was just as impactful come out now, even though it's kind of a trailblazer type. Comic. Yeah. That's that people just say like oh you're just a tryhard no one cares and but reality it's actually a pretty good book yeah so you know i think i'm glad this this book exists just due to the fact that makes spider-man more relatable because like i said i think that's what makes spider-man such a fan favorite is it's not an x-men it's not 
Superman. It's not the Fantastic Four. This is just a, a guy who kid circumstance happened and you can look at him and be like, oh, that's me. That's my buddy who has that same sense of humor. Just trying to be his local neighborhood Spider-Man and just trying to do what he can do to make his town better and, you know, just be a good guy. Does it kind of like crunch your stomach a bit when you see him like angry and not being like his quippy self where it's like, oh, it's like you relate, but you're like, it's not. That's not you. That's not him. Yeah. Even when he snaps at Mary Jane, you're like, what? Peter, come on. Well, and that's why I think, you know, that's what's important about these books is how many times have you had that conversation with a loved one of yours, friend or loved one, where you're like, dude, like, this isn't you. Like, what's going on? Tell me what's going on. Peter, eat a Snickers. You know, it's it gets it gets dark. And yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, he he goes down darker paths in the store in in, in the arcs and the canon going forward. But I think this is the one time he looks into that abyss and looks at it being like, I can go down this path if I have to, and no one can stop me. But he gets pulled back because he realizes, I just did the one thing I wanted to do. It didn't change anything. Yep, so. and it it really does. I, I do love Spider Man. I loved him all growing up. It's but it's just. Uh crazy how it's like how much you can feel for a character especially since i read the first comic in the folder which was like the hulk and it was like yeah this is a fun spidey comic and then it just totally shifts in the next issue where it's just like oh we're in for sad times now oh this is and it's sad times a couple even episodes after like he's still dealing with the replications you still get wild eye parker with like bulging forehead anger type looking art and it's like ah man Peter, chill out. Um, Eat Snickers, as you'd say. <laughs> yeah, because when I was reading the Hulk one, I was like, oh, yeah, he's fighting the Hulk up in Canada. Oh, that's crazy. And I was, like, even thinking about it, like, oh, this is going to be fun and funny, just in a sense of, like, oh, yeah, he's upset and whatever. But, like, I was, like, even thinking, like, Colonel Ross and JJ should have a podcast together if they were around in modern day because, God, they are similar people. <laughs> also, I do have to say, and this is just me, Looking back at some of these old advertisements in these comics oh, are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, the. Uh, where is it? Let me pull up one. How now? Train at home to yeah. be a veterinarian assistant. Pets are big business. Super bodybuilding course. Boys, it's earn free. one to six dollars a week to sell grit in your spare time. Earn big prizes too. Yeah. I'll make you a master of karate. Never shot by mail. Scary life-size monster ghost obeys your commands. Over seven feet tall, only one dollar. Eyes glow in the dark. It says giant lifelike karate practice dummy, only ninety-nine cents. (laughs) Free free one million dollar cash. These three big drafting kits given to you when you train at home for a high paying job in drafting. Ooh. I kind of hope that the MCU bring back Foom. <laughs> <laughs> Friends of old Marvel. <laughs> Here's one for the times. Too skinny? New scientific discovery helps you put on weight. <laughs> it's. I kind of want to see what that study is. Just like, what? what is it? <laughs> uh, it you, you need Here's to buy it tablets 100 tablets for four dollars and 98 cents oh here we go enjoy an exciting romantic look impress anytime quick change to suit your mood send for mustache sideburns in a van dyke at one simply check the color you want or send a sample of your hair and leave the matching to our experts the van dyke wow yeah. <laughs> Did you guys read the one about the Cleveland Institute of Electronics Incorporated? No. It's a little comic that just says, the day Bill told off his boss. <laughs> I mean, what I want is the 204-piece Revolutionary War toy soldier kit for only $1.98. Sweet. So, Get in here, Bill. I want to talk to you. You've punched in seven minutes late. I'm docking your hour's pay, and it better not happen again, or else. Oh, yeah? I got news for you, Mr. Bemis. I got a new job offer with a real future, and twice the money. Ha! Nobody'd be crazy to pay you that much. That's what you think. 
I've been learning electronics in my spare time at home from CIE. And now I can make it my pick of good uh, shit. And now I can take my pick of good jobs. <laughs> you got to be kidding. You electronics. Yes. Now I got a career CIE made it easy. So goodbye and your crummy job. I'll make you a master of karate. Only 99 cents. I help wanted Vietnam combat vets or individuals willing to train for overseas employment. That sounds fishy. Do they have a picture of Lennon in like the crease? Be, be somebody. Yep. It's just Lennon. They just straight up steal his image. Train at home for a big income career in accounting cartoon for money all right that's this is fantastic yeah, yeah. but also we're sad that she died but also these are hilarious <laughs> so well i mean I, I would definitely if you guys want a good jumping off point and you kind of are starting to get into spider-man a little bit more and want to know what makes spider-man who he is this is a must read it's two episodes it's not it's two comics it's not a huge it's not like civil war which is like this thick yeah you know, you know yeah it gets to the point super fast and like I, we, we've read some parts of it it definitely is worth an unbelievable read it, you'll definitely see why spider-man is who he is moving forward exactly and you definitely you definitely don't want this to be stretched out over a craptastic movie where they reference that she's gonna die throughout the entire thing we call it foreshadowing. Oh, I enjoyed the movie. All right, you and like nobody else. Okay, well, I... <laughs> we're, we've already established, Leo, in other other shows. If you want to go listen to other shows on the network, that your taste in some of these movies are the minority opinion. Of course, with everybody in the world, I am what I am, and I like what I like. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's only just because it's just like I like good storylines i do not like it when it's ham-fisted and done in a weird way because like all you need to know is that you can tell a great joke but if everyone knows the punchline no one cares about the setup when you have when you say i have green goblin i have gwen stacy and everyone goes like oh we know what you're doing and then you watch and the film and every, everything is like death death metaphor death it's like oh gee i wonder what the punchline's gonna be it's not gonna do anything for anybody well that's what and i mean this is probably my last thing on this this episode going along those lines is uh civil war you, everybody knows what happens at the end of civil war mm -hmm. spoiler alert if you do not know what happens at the end of civil war captain america gets shot and killed <gasps> Uh, was it steps to Congress? But it's like I think it's in DC. Punisher um, shoots him, right? Yeah, he gets he he turns he turns himself in. And I thought when Civil War the MCU movie was coming out that they were gonna because they were I felt like they were teasing that yeah. death yeah. all day. They, I felt like oh my god they're gonna kill. But in the back of my head I'm like no they're not gonna do that. I'm like oh no Iron Man's gonna bite the bullet. Like Tony Stark's gonna bite the bullet. But and instead they all bit the bullet in the end i'm saying it because the bad guy won he got exactly what he wanted true but like i wasn't expecting that type of twist at the end of that movie and i thought that was really good and if they wanted to reintroduce the story arc into spider-man mcu version they have to do something like that where like you're not expecting it and it has to be with a different character I think when you have a storyline like that, you can have it good as long as you have what the comic delivers, which is lasting impact. And even the Civil War movie has lasting impact through the other films. Yeah. Even if people don't prefer it over others, it still has something that is like, this changes everyone's relationship. And that's what you're going to have to have. And I feel like you could probably see it with like MJ in the third one. Like I said, you're going to have to have that thing that pushes that character to the next level. Yeah. And you, you see it in all the Marvel movies. You do. You see it in Winter Soldier. You see it in – I see it in Iron Man 3 more than I see in any other Iron Man movie, that next like level like where he knows what he has to do. So It could also be Ned for all you know, you know? True. Like something that – somebody that's close to him and where – what would what would it be to isolate him off forever, you know? It makes you wonder. I mean like I think he could even be happy if they killed off happy. He would still probably be just as upset because he looks at happy like a brother figure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I mean, this storyline can definitely be addressed. But again, like we've been saying, it just you just can't do it with Gwen Stacy, which which sucks. It really does because it's telegraphing your punch. But yeah, and it, like 
that's why kind of I'm kind of happy that Spider Gwen is a thing because she's no longer a one note character because of it. Now she has her own identity. And the only other times I saw Gwen Stacy where I actually liked her was probably that um, spectacular Spider-Man cartoon where they gave her a lot more personality, where she works in the same lab as Peter and everything. And she's super smart. And you can clearly see why it's like they should be together, but they're too coy and teenager to do that. And you feel for them and you give a shit if they live or die. Well, it looks like we're going to get more of Gwen in the uh, animated uh, movies now. So, yeah. uh, So that's a good thing. Um, but we urge you to definitely check out issues 121 and 122. I'll put some links in the show notes down below or up above uh, where you might be able to check them out yourself. Uh, there's a couple different ways uh, through Comixology or Marvel Unlimited. Um, or if you want to buy the issues yourself, but they're definitely going to be a pretty penny. Uh, but on that note, Alex, where do you like people following you? You can follow me at pure underscore Alex Hoy on Twitter and pure underscore alex hoy um on instagram and stuff it's h-o-e-y you can also follow me on twitch i'm doing some streams and stuff so catch me there james you can find me at the tweets and instagram at longtime storm as well as here on the dorkening podcast network as part of dorks the podcast and here on the comic book show and uh, speaking of that, we do tons of stuff. Uh, but for me, just Google Leo Pond. You'll find a bunch of stuff about me. Uh, but I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here making sure everything works. But check out our awesome people here and uh, the other shows that we do. A lot of fun stuff. And with that, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Hello. And welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. The Wicked Horror Show. Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy. Secret Underground Hideout. That Strange Show. Cinema with Harrison Smith. Dorks the Podcast. Super Retro Throwback Reviews. The Horror Squad Podcast. The Dorkening. Throwdown Thursday. Black and White Fright. Dorks the Podcast. For more information, check out thedorkening.com. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary.